It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. From the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, May 24th. Coming up today... Talks on the debt ceiling hit a wall with just eight days till a potential default. Ron DeSantis is set to launch his presidential bid in an unconventional way. Britain's hot inflation fuels bets for higher rates. And get ready to pay more if you share your Netflix account. A date is set for Donald Trump's New York criminal trial. And Mayor Adams tries to suspend the city's right to shelter mandate. I'm John Tucker. Those stories straight ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. A walk-off win for the Yankees. A loss for the Mets. NBA playoffs. The Celtics beat the Heat. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. Well, Karen, we're coming off a losing session for equities. Both the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq fell more than 1% yesterday with debt ceiling talks at an impasse in Washington. After the latest round of negotiations on Capitol Hill, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said they're not there yet. There are certain things that divide us, and we know that this. You cannot spend more money next year than we spent this year. Clear as day. Speaker McCarthy and his negotiators say it's not clear when the two sides will meet again. White House spokeswoman Karine Jean-Pierre says President Biden's team is willing to keep talking. Negotiations are hard. They're not easy. This is democracy in action as we have seen it, as we have looked at what's been going on these past couple of days and weeks. And what both sides need to understand is neither side is going to get exactly what they want. This standoff means any vote on a deal might not happen until next week. The Treasury Department has said it could start running out of cash as soon as next Thursday. Well, Nathan, at least one Republican says there's still time for a deal. Congressman French Hill is the vice chairman of the House Financial Services Committee. No one wants to default on the Treasury securities. No one's proposing to do that. But uh, unfortunately, Congress uses a deadline. And so, like John Boehner told us years and years ago, Congress moves very slowly (laughs) until it doesn't. And so we're working on this deadline and we want to get a deal that's responsible and sensible, raises the debt ceiling, but curtails the avalanche of spending. An Arkansas Republican French Hill made the comments on Bloomberg's balance of power. Catch the program weekday evenings at 5 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Television. Well, Karen, we've heard many, including Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, warn about the catastrophic impact a debt default would have on the economy. One prominent investor, Rabini Macro Associates CEO Nouriel Rabini, says the stock market would also feel major repercussions. We don't know yet. Uh, they may get uh, to the last hour before there's an agreement or... It's possible they don't reach an agreement. If that doesn't happen, then the market is going to crash and that may force an agreement in the next few days. Nouriel Rabini made those comments to Bloomberg's Francine Lacroix at the Qatar Economic Forum. 
Well, Nathan, another major political story we're following. Ron DeSantis is apparently set to announce his run for president in a very non-traditional manner. And Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. DeSantis announcing it'll be a Twitter live stream with Elon Musk. That means the live audio will be available to Musk's more than 140 million followers. It also raises a number of issues. First, DeSantis feeling there is a large audience, but then for Musk, a rather interesting move as he shuffles the app to more partisan approach to political discourse and monitoring. Also raises issues for advertisers and a potential row with Disney, one of its largest advertisers. In any case, today is DeSantis' day to mount challenge to Donald Trump. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Ed. We got some major banking news this morning. Britain's antitrust agency says traders at five major banks colluded in chat rooms to swap sensitive information on UK bonds. The Competition and Markets Authority says Citigroup, Deutsche Bank, HSBC, Morgan Stanley, and Royal Bank of Canada each unlawfully shared competitively sensitive information in chat rooms between 2009 and 2013. Well, turning to the economy now, Nathan, Britain's inflation rate remained much stronger than expected, with gauges measuring services and core prices rising at the fastest pace in more than three decades. We get more from Bloomberg's Lizzie Burden in London. 8.7% is the actual figure for inflation. The expectation from economists was 8.2%. The Bank of England had seen 8.4%. So first of all, it goes back to questions about economists' models. And it's a point that the chief economist of the Bank of England, Hugh Pill, himself raised in Parliament yesterday. The Governor, Andrew Bailey, says part of the reason for the problem with all the estimates is that they'd assumed inflation would fall as fast as it rose. And it hasn't. And Bloomberg's Lizzie Burden in London says the figures will add pressure on the Bank of England to keep raising interest rates through the summer. Well, back here in the U.S., Karen, the Fed issues the minutes from this month's policy meeting when central bankers opted for another quarter point interest rate increase. Bloomberg's Vinny Del Judice reports. It's like reading tea leaves. Is the Fed done raising interest rates? Bloomberg Economics says the minutes may reveal why Fed Chair Jerome Powell appeared to downplay the impact of rising wages on inflation immediately following the policy meeting. Since then, he's signaled he's inclined to pause tightening, citing credit conditions. The Fed Chair may face opposition, though. Other officials are suggesting a U.S. central bank needs to do even more to stomp out inflation. Vinny Del Judice, Bloomberg Daybreak. Vinny, thank you. And Netflix is bringing its crackdown on account sharing to the U.S. We get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The service has outlined procedures and costs for U.S. customers who wish to continue sharing their accounts with people outside their household. According to a blog post by the company, the streaming TV leader will begin sending emails to customers who share their passwords. Netflix is giving them the option to share their account for an additional $8 a month, cheaper than a full-price subscription. The crackdown began last year in Latin America, and it's a key part of Netflix. Netflix's strategy to generate more revenue from users. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you, Charlie. Local headlines and a check of sports next. This is Bloomberg. Time now to look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's John Tucker. Good morning, John. Good morning, Nathan. As more migrants flood in, New York City is asking a judge to suspend the right to shelter rule. More in this report from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. 
Mayor Adams has asked a judge to temporarily suspend the 42-year-old court ruling requiring the city to shelter homeless adults. The request comes amid a surge in asylum seekers that is straining the municipal budget. The mandate has forced the city to turn to securing hotels to house migrants. It has opened 130 emergency shelters and eight temporary facilities to manage the surge. New York's Department of Homeless Services is currently sheltering more than 81,000 individuals a 75% increase from the previous year. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Radio. Donald Trump is scheduled to go on trial March 25th in his criminal case in New York where he's charged with falsifying business records in connection with hush money payments over alleged sexual encounters. Trump appeared by video before a New York State Supreme Court justice who set the trial date after going over an order that bars the former president from publicly disclosing details about witnesses or other evidence. Chief Justice John Roberts delivering his first public comments outside the court since September. He defended the institution against suggestions it was losing its legitimacy. I want to assure people that I am committed to making certain that we as a court adhere to the highest standards of conduct. Roberts speaking at an awards ceremony, the court facing slumping public approval amid a barrage of misconduct allegations. Jeffrey Gorell, a longtime stakeholder in Manhattan's Flatiron Building, and his group of investors have won an auction for the iconic landmark. It comes after years of battling over its future. Gorell, chairman of GFP Real Estate, bid $161 million for the wedge-shaped tower, winning the auction. He said the owners would consider converting either part or all of the building to apartments. And Martin Kelly, the former pharmaceutical chief executive officer who served almost seven years in prison for securities fraud, is now earning $25 a month, $2,500 a month, consulting for a law firm and living with his sister in Queens. The U.S. Probation Office says the 40-year-old Shirkelly has had a mostly positive adjustment since being released from prison last year. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, John. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stanshower. Good morning, Nathan. Yankees back at the stadium with much-improved Baltimore. Yanks had Garrett Cole on the mound with the Orioles. Jumped in front 4-0 after the Yanks rallied to tie. Baltimore reclaimed the lead, but the Yankees still like their chances going to the bottom of the ninth, considering who they had leading off. 0-2. Swing and a fly ball. It's deep to left field. It is going to go. Hayes watches. It is gone. A home run. WFAN, the Yankees scored again, 10th inning. They won 6-5. to five. They've won five in a row, 12 of their last 15, improving to 30-20. and 20. Also in the AL East, Toronto ended a five-game losing streak by winning at Tampa Bay 20-1. to one. The Mets' five-game win streak ended at Wrigley, a 7-2 loss to the Cubs. When Denver finished the sweep for the Lakers in the West Final, that meant in NBA playoff history, 150 teams had a 3-0 lead. They all had gone on to win the series. Will the Miami Heat 
be the 151st. They still lead the Celtics 3-1, but Boston stayed alive. Taking game four in Miami, 116-99, a dominant second half that included an 18-0 run that saw the Celtics go from down nine to up nine. So it won't be two sweeps in the conference finals in the NBA, but it could be in the NHL. Florida up 3-0 on Carolina. Game four tonight in Vegas now up 3-zip on Dallas. The Golden Knights one game, 3-4-0. At the Jets' offseason workout, Aaron Rodgers had to take a seat with a calf injury. NFL owners said to be extending the contract to Commissioner Roger Goodell through 2027. He's had the job since 06. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. Debt default angst may be starting to take hold for markets with the Treasury Department's deadline now just eight days away and negotiations now at a standstill in Washington. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy summed it up after the latest round of talks yesterday. We're not there yet. So, I mean, it's it's difficult because you've got to be able to, you take a couple of days to write the bill, you got 72 hours here, then you got the Senate to act. I mean, this is why all the way back in February, we wanted to have an agreement. And Speaker McCarthy says a short-term extension would leave things worse off than they are right now. So let's take a look at where things stand. We're joined live by Dr. Lindsay Newman, head of geopolitical thought leadership at S&P Global Market Intelligence. Lindsay, good morning. Where do you think things stand? Are the odds going up that we actually see default in the U.S.? Thanks, Nathan, for having me on. So where things stand is we know that Treasury Secretary Yellen sent a letter updating Congress on Monday saying essentially that with additional information that they've had over the last week around spending, around where things stand on the extraordinary measurements uh, measures, it's highly likely now that the Treasury will not be able to satisfy its, its obligations if Congress does not act by early June and perhaps even as early as 1st of June. So the X date appears to be rapidly approaching. And as Kevin McCarthy said in that clip, uh, they need at least 72 hours to review a bill in Congress before they could potentially act. And the number of legislative days are dwindling. We have seen both sides call the recent meetings productive. Uh, When you and I last spoke, we talked about how there was some horse trading around certain dimensions of spending. It now really seems like the, the conversation, the zone of negotiation is centering more broadly around this commitment to spending limits to bring down the deficit. Republicans have put forward their position in the Limit, Save, and Grow Act, and we're here reportedly White House has come back and offered to freeze level spending at fiscal 2023 levels. And in terms of our baseline scenario, we're still at the same place, that we expect to see a a deal reached by that X date, um, something similar to the 2011 scenario that we saw where Congress and the executive do agree to increase the debt limit in exchange for future spending cuts. Uh, That approaching X date is going to clarify the mind. 
Yeah, we have heard some doubts, though, raised by some Republicans, including the uh, majority leader in the House, Steve Scalise, about whether that X date of June 1st is uh, really as firm as the Treasury Secretary has seemed to indicate. Does that give a little bit of wiggle room? What do you how, what, how do you view uh, that X date that's been going around? We. We certainly need to take Treasury Secretary Yellen at her word. Uh, they are they are updating the analysis that they are that they are evaluating over the course of the week, as she committed to last week when she sent that letter. And we've moved from likely to breach to highly likely to to breach. Should they should they not see uh, a resolution by by that X date? And again, she's saying June first. Kevin McCarthy himself said that to reach a deal, they need to get to June first. And the impacts uh, Yellen Yellen highlighted in her letter, but we've we've also heard from both sides that could provide severe, I think her phrasing was severe hardship for American families. It's going to affect U.S. global position. It's going to potentially affect, she said so far as the U.S. ability to defend their national security interests. So as we get closer to that X date, the, the radius of impact has the potential to expand. As you mentioned, there isn't a lot of legislative days left on the calendar to get something done. We're expecting that lawmakers are going to be leaving town for the Memorial Day holiday in the next couple of days here. How do you see the timeline? Can they get uh, something of an agreement agreed to in time for lawmakers to act? We're hearing that they have been prepared. They have had notification that they may need to be prepared to be called back from the weekend away and, in fact, have it be a, a working weekend. Uh, the conversations we know at the negotiating level between the White House and Republican leadership are ongoing. Um, and and as you say, time is short. The current re- requirements, the current procedural requirements allow that the House has 72 hours to re- view a bill. They could, of course, waive that in this instance, but that's 72 hours before even approving legislation. And as you say, and as we all know, just looking at the calendar where we stand, if the X date is in fact as close to June 1st as, as we're hearing. Just about 30 seconds left here, but I got to ask you about the presidential race with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis expected to make it official tonight. Does that shake things up in 24? The the impact of the debt ceiling on the election is something that we are, of course, watching. Polling suggests that uh, voters are quite split on who they would blame should we um, reach a default. Again, that's not our baseline scenario, but they are quite split on, on who would be to blame. And we know that the domestic economy is always a key issue for presidential elections. Uh, the, the CBO office has, the nonpartisan CBO has said that in order to punt on the debt limit beyond the 2024 elections would require really an unprecedented debt limit increase this time around. So we have to expect that even if we do resolve the debt limit, as we expect this time around, we're going to continue to talk about the debt limit as 2024 approaches. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. 
The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.